This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, there we go. Oh, what do we need to say? Like a 30-second intro? <clears throat> yeah, just like, well, welcome back. And we've got an exciting episode today. We've got the cast of Misery in Theater Charlotte. <laughs> I think you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. Hey, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween in February. <laughs> That's right. It's Bosom Bloodies, the all-year-round Halloween podcast, because why not? Why not? Glennis, you are involved in Charlotte Theater, right? The Charlotte Theater scene? Sure. Yeah, I I was. I mean, I am. I'm mostly a caregiver to a small human right now, but I still identify as a theater practitioner. (laughs) So we have two of what I think are the best actors in Charlotte, Timothy Hager and Becca Worthington. And so when I heard that they were cast uh, for Misery, which is a small, it's a three-person cast, and they were the two lead actors, I was super excited. Yes, I would agree. I think they both, I've seen their work, um, haven't gotten to work with either of them yet, um, but I I'm, I'm excited to see the show and I was excited to have the conversation. Timothy Hager and Becca Worthington from Misery. Enjoy. Welcome. Welcome, my children of the night, to Bosom Bloodies, the year round Halloween podcast. <laughs> Most holidays now are 10 in theory, and then probably a two or three in actual practice. You know, like every holiday I get really excited for, but the actual holiday ends up being nothing because I'm not a child anymore, you know? Well, I will mm. say, even though I don't personally get super invested in Halloween as an adult, like at night, I do like being a children's librarian. Um, oh, on Halloween, yeah. we have a big Halloween fest at Imagine On, and I, seeing all the kids come yeah, in in costumes. I love great. October. Like, I, I get geared up for it, but I never seem to have like a great. Halloween, you know, like a great Halloween experience. Just the thought of Halloween is more alluring than the actual That's, date. Well, it's because you're not planning for it year round. You no. should be right. starting right now. Yeah. Only there was you start micro dosing it. Yeah. <laughs> micro dosing, yes. <laughs> That's the new name of the show. <laughs> micro dosing <laughs> Halloween. Well, so what did the you do at the children's theater? Like, what kind of stuff do you do around Halloween? Um, so at Imagine On, um, to clarify, I'm not with the children's theater. Oh, I'm with sorry, the Charlotte sorry. Mecklenburg Library. They are two different entities. I'll have you know, gavel bang. <laughs> um, but no, at Imagine On, we do the the library side of things. Um, we have a fall fest, and we encourage costumes, and we have stations um, at the circulation desk and the teen loft upstairs and at different places in the building. Um, I usually brag, brag, do face painting. <laughs> um, I was a clown once upon a time. I don't know if you knew that. I was a child entertainer um, when I was in high school and college, and I used to dress up like a clown and entertain really? kids at parties. Yeah, what I was, was very your, bad at it. What was your clown name? Did you have a clown? No, it wasn't like that. Oh. Like when I say I was a clown, like sometimes I was like Malibu Barbie, and sometimes I was Alice in Wonderland. Like it was called Party Animals. And um, so I was a very bad clown, though, because I, <laughs> as both of you know from having acted with me, I um, am only interested in naturalism and realism. And so I was a <laughs> terrible clown. <laughs> Mommy, that clown's sad. <laughs> I'm going through some stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, how, wait, how did you get into that, though? What did you? It was a, it was a local high school. It was something that um, I could do besides lifeguarding for more than $10 an hour. Mm-hmm. So how many nice. days total would you say you spent as a clown? Would, like, is this a big part of your life? 
tw- like are we talking about like 24 hour increments like adding up all of the hours <laughs> I hope that you weren't a clown for 24 hours like how many ga- how many clown <laughs> how many gigs, gigs do you think you yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, played clown slash yeah. barbie slash I was a rug rat one time that was a that was a peak oh. experience um, diaper like in the in I was Angelica oh, and I, I had never seen the yes. show yeah. Uh, yeah yeah Glenn are you a fan of the rug rats yeah. I'm the right age. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> apparently Angelica as a rug rat, she was the big sister and was just a, can I cuss on the, can we cuss? Please do. Yeah. Well, and she was a, she was a bitch. Oh my gosh. No. I said it. Um, and, uh, Use your cough button her, next time. You I know. <laughs> um, Children's theater is going to be so upset. I know. <laughs> um, and uh, her tagline was to tell all the other kids on the sh- cartoon show, shut up you stupid baby. And so I'd never seen the show and my younger sister had played Angelica for the party animals and she was like coaching me on it and she was like it's okay just tell all the kids to shut up and call him a stupid baby and I was like I there's no chance I am going to this birthday party for a seven year old and telling everybody to shut up and um I didn't and um I got in a lot of trouble oh oh wow I know yeah the tips were a lot less that day. you get tipped as a clown is that how it works you, we did oh, get okay. tipped as a clown me Good. less than most yeah <laughs> that was did so you, bad y'all did you ever do any princesses was it like a princess um, party situation Ooh, those are popular now so i assume it was yeah like, n- no but um i did already have a british accent in my pocket ready to pull out and so when i was alice in wonderland oh. i was a british af alice in wonderland <laughs> well, why didn't you use that during explorers club oh boo <laughs> i did <laughs> what's the weirdest job you ever had Ooh, the weirdest uh I mean, I, I don't really haven't had like weird jobs. I I find that very hard to believe. Yeah. I mean, I've done weird <laughs> things, usually like from a more creative side. Like okay. I taught a, like a group of seventy lawyers in Phoenix. I taught them uh, improv. Okay. Yeah, they did not want to learn improv. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't down to clown. <gasps> no. Um, yeah. No. Nothing weird. How about you? Nothing weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd have one I would describe as weird. But the the job I probably grew to hate the most was uh, when I was in college in uh, in Appalachian State, Boone, North Carolina. Mm. Uh, I had a job at uh, an ice cream parlor, which is great, like in the first few months. But then when it hits December, you start to hate everyone who comes in for ice cream. You know, like I started to really get angry when people would come in. Like they'd open the door frozen air would come flying in they'd want me to put my hand in that cold thing and i would just be so mad at them i'm like why do you want ice cream it's december what's wrong with you that's excellent customer service <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't last i didn't last. i went back to blockbuster video after that it was my nice name up. drop blockbuster. well yeah when you have that on your resume becca you try and work that in I'm every conversation mean. you can make yeah i'm mean <laughs> glennis what's the weirdest job you ever had I gave ghost tours um, of charlotte as like no in um connecticut which is where my family's my family's from up north but I also worked in a uh, soda shop and grew very tired of ice cream and milkshakes. That's like great. day one, I was like, all the milkshakes I could ever want. And in three months, I was like, I never want to drink a milkshake again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the free ice cream perk is only good for a limited time. And then it becomes, uh, you know, I'd rather get paid more, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. The free ice cream. <laughs> But yeah, I do absolutely. have diabetes, so it all works. 
Yeah, I do have free. diabetes. Oh, no, that's, that, that's <laughs> but I didn't funny. get it. I didn't get it that summer when I worked. There. <laughs> Thank God. It I like did, that they can help. take something out of context, like her saying, "I do have diabetes," and all three of us just laugh in response. <laughs> <laughs> just take that sound bite that's out. Going <laughs> yeah, that's our teaser. Yeah. <laughs> So you both are legendary local actors. It's true. Oh my gosh. Finally, someone said it. (laughs) How many shows have you two now done together? This could be our third, right? Right? Yeah, because our first show we met on Explorers Club with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I thought you were going to say like eight. I just assumed you guys were doing stuff without me. Mm -mm. (laughs) We just have that kind of fantastic chemistry. People assume eight. Um, But this, uh, we did Wait Until Dark after that at uh, Davidson Community Players, which was... We've done four because we did uh, Appropriate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (gasps) Yeah. I forgot. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) So we've done four. Yes. Yeah, and Appropriate was amazing. He played my brother. Um, and then in Wait Until Dark, he played a murderer. Yeah. Um, and fun fact, but now since we're in misery, we realize that this is the second play I'll get to throw gasoline on him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, yeah. Normally in an actor's career, that doesn't happen once. And now it's twice. Yeah. There's just a lot of murder between By the us. same actor. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I saw... Before we did Explorers Club, I saw Becca at Actors Theater in a, in a, in a play. And at that point... I just got back into acting, and I sort of thought, oh, actors theater, real actors, you know, I'm doing this other thing. So I go into Explorers Club, and Becca's auditioning, and I'm like, why is she here? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, she, she's clearly way more talented uh, than, than the rest, uh, that, what I thought. And, I mean, it is true. I still think that about her. But, uh, you know, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think having, having Becca there at, at the show, not only was she great, but it made me feel better about about myself. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm doing this with, with someone who I think is more talented than me. So Aww. I keep hanging around her for that. And I keep reason. you around so you can <laughs> say stuff like that. That's, that's <laughs> very sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, have you, either one of you, done a scary show before? I mean, Wait Until Dark, actually, yeah. which we did together, was the first scary show I ever did. Was that... Your yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I was in a, a performance. No, I was in Dracula at Theater Charlotte, okay. which was which had a lot of blood. Uh, I remember um, my my father, who is a Christian, and uh, and his his girlfriend at the time uh, came up to me afterwards. Uh, and usually, you know, people like you, they'll say something nice, but uh, they both look very shocked. You know, very <laughs> stunned. <laughs> like, ah, oh, that was that was interesting. Uh, interesting what you guys just did there. And I'm like, well, you know, it's Dracula. Like, it's uh, it's got to be blood filled. But uh, yeah, yeah, Dracula. Wait until dark, and now this one. Yeah. And How about you? How about both of you? Violence. Oh. Terror. I don't. I I can't remember if I've done a scary show, but I I love the idea of like scary shows because I think it's kind of a a hard thing to to do on stage. And was like I was curious to hear you guys talk about um you know you you can't play at scary right like you can't get up there and be like I'm being scary now. Um, I don't know. So I, I don't feel know. like you just gave us like a nice live reading <laughs> that we could try. <laughs> You're gonna go to rehearsal and be like, we figured it out. Yes. Um, let's, let's all try that line. Yeah. What was that line again? I'm scary now. <laughs> okay. Tim, did I get it? Tim, take it did away. I do it? I, I'm not good at uh, impromptu line readings. <laughs> I'm scary oh, now. Ooh. Oh, I can't, yeah, I can't follow that. Excellent. Who could? <laughs> um, well, I will say I was. Um, 
Misery was not on my radar because I can't do scary. I mean, Wait Until Dark, I grew up on the Audrey Hepburn musical. Love it, love it, love it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like a bucket list role that I was... Musical. That's uh, musical. What performance did you see? Not musical. Um, Although someone did ask me if Misery was a musical the other day, very seriously. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, it was a a bucket list role. And um, uh, I... That misery. I'd never read Stephen King because I can't do scary and I'd never seen the movie. And one of the board members from Theater Charlotte, who I was in a show with, they hadn't announced the new season yet. And she came up to me before the show we were in and she was like, Becca, 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 Becca. And she was like, so uh, I can't tell you what the play is, but Theater Charlotte just announced their season. And there's a play that if you're not the lead, I don't know. Everything is wrong with the world. I can't see anybody else in it. It's just Ooh. like written for you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this play <laughs> that I was like made for? Amazing. And then when they announced their season, I like scrolled through and I was like, I don't even know which role. And she texted me and was like, misery. And I was like, the the psycho, the Kathy Bates role, what? And it was such a confusing interaction. And um, it took me a second to get on board. She very, very uh, flatteringly, so now me parroting her is just me complimenting myself. But she was like, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen it played by someone sweet and you're uh, brag 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 she was like you're so kind and you're so sweet that I think if you do this role when it flips it's gonna be the most terrifying fucking thing on the planet and I was like okay I think I'm at audition for this so yeah but I liked that that reasoning that allowed me to kind of get behind it and play it with the authenticity it deserves. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. I also had that experience where I just did a show at Lee Street Theater. The director, <laughs> Rod, sent me a message and said, hey, I think you would be perfect. It's a perfect fit for you. So he sent it over to me and it says, an aging Elvis impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, how can I take that any other way? <laughs> yeah, focus on the Elvis part. That's fantastic. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's helpful. But anyway... <laughs> Well, it's one for the morning, two for the show. Get ready now. Go back there. You, so you don't do Stephen King. You weren't like a fan I'm of Stephen a, King going into it? Here's a little note, if, if you don't know Becca. She is one of the easiest, most easily startled person uh, out there. So the fact that she's done two... Horror type plays. <laughs> I think you mean musicals, right. as I clarified earlier. And wait until dark. The entire, the entire, entire final fight scene is in dark, and my whole job mm. is to try and scare her, which is easy because Becca is easily scared. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big pansy. Can I startle easily? I, I have reactive, overreactive nervous system, so I startle really. very easily. But is it like empowering to kind of be the force in the play that is the? That's a fear, real, you know, causes the fear. That that's a really, really good question. I think, um, I think I I loved being in Wait Until Dark, but I think I do prefer not being the victim um, mm-hmm. as an emotional experience. I think that that is a preferable emotional experience. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I think the coolest part for me um, about playing this role was that our director, Ron Law, who's wonderful, he was the, in charge of Theater Charlotte for many, many years and um, now lives, where does he live? In Raleigh? Winston-Salem. Winston-Salem. Yeah. Um, and he's coming in to do this show because it was a passion project he was excited about. And he sent him and me extensive character notes before our first table read. And it was like, there have been PhD dissertations written from film students and <coughs> um, literature students that are dissecting um, Annie Wilkes's, like, what, what, 
what she has, what she can be diagnosed right. with. And yeah. she, it is uh, agreed upon that she has bipolar and borderline personality disorder. And I have an ex with borderline. Um, and uh, it, the, not to get too much into anything, but I didn't think I would be grateful to revisit that experience ever. <laughs> but but um, I think that... Uh, dating someone for a couple of years who had a personality disorder very similar to <laughs> Annie Wilkes um, kind of gave me uh, insight. And so I feel I feel like I'm getting a little revenge I'm playing that out. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking borderline. Like what side of the border? <laughs> like that's the bad side. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. dark side. <laughs> I um I think I remember when you both were going to audition and we talked about it. I remember. Yeah. We discuss it. So. Yeah. We. I. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was touch and go whether I was going to audition because I had a, a conflict, but got worked out. Uh, we originally were going to do the play in November, closer to Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, but the theater wasn't done in time, so they had to push it back to February. Yeah. And coincidentally. I end up having COVID the week we would have opened anyway. And so, I, I had COVID the week yeah, after that. Right. So we uh, we, we dodged a, a, a you know, germ-ridden bullet. On the- <laughs> this is a, <laughs> the worst a, kind of bullets. <laughs> this is a side, but Glennis and I were talking about this earlier, too. Is, does any theater in town do understudies? Yes, children's theater. That's what I called said. it. She called it. You she did. Said, if anybody does children's theater. <laughs> she does. wins. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the world of COVID, like yeah. at this show I was just doing, I was like, if one person in this cast is out, it's it's a small cast, so it's like we're shutting things down. Yeah. yeah. Well, even leading up to um, uh, the when we were supposed to be, we were only like a week and a half out from open when the show got pushed to March. So we were pretty far in the process. And it was that place where anytime your phone goes off during the day, you're just like, who got COVID and killed the project? Like just constantly, <laughs> oh. you know? And it's been like that yeah, for the last I feel like you years. should go into lockdown like now until yeah. the, yeah. after the show opens. I mean, I think oh, no. we're going to mask up and do all that stuff. Yeah. I think as a society... At this point, if we got COVID, they'd just be like, that's all right. Just go on. <laughs> yeah. You're fine. We don't have COVID anymore, so uh, you're okay. Act like it's an allergy. Like face part of, upstage. Right. Yeah, you're fine. No one cares about that. Part of the curtain speech. Yeah. Uh, the following cast members have COVID during this uh, <laughs> presentation. Um, to answer your question, though, Children's Theater of Charlotte did implement that um, as a re- response to COVID. And the way that they're handling it is that they have one paid understudy that is understudying all the roles. Oh. Um, I think oh they have gosh. a female and a male understudy, except for like the Night Diary that they're working on right now. Um, there's, I think, only one male character, and the whole rest of the cast is female. So I know for a fact it's just one female that's understudying all the roles. Yeah. And uh, there's wow. one person understudying all the roles for the traveling yeah. troupe as well. Yeah, there's two actors in Charlotte who really are hoping that someone gets COVID. <laughs> the, rest of, the rest of us aren't. But that those two actors are like, uh, you know, someday, let's hope. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I didn't learn all these lines yeah, for nothing. Every <laughs> single line in the play. I'm going to get in pink alicious if it kills me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matthew's Playhouse, I think, they also are doing Susical and are doing it like an A-B cast. Okay. So oh, yeah, doubled yeah. up everything. But is that, a ki- is that a kid's show? That's then? a kid's show. That's a kid's show also. Yeah. I think kid's shows are usually A-B cast, aren't they? Are they? I don't know. Yeah. You're the one that works at Children's so Theater. So let me, I'll reframe <laughs> that as a statement. Children's not. shows <laughs> usually have A-B cast. <laughs> you know, speaking of children's theater, when I was in sixth or seventh grade, I can't remember what, um, but... We came to Charlotte uh, to see a show. I'm pretty certain it was a children's theater performance of an Edgar Allan 
Poe short stories. Mm. It was the first time I'd seen a real theatrical performance, you know, and I remember going in the dark theater and um, they had Telltale Heart and two or three of his short stories and I was mesmerized. Like, the idea that you could go into a small room and be scared by actors who were that close to you, you know, that really sort of ignited my desire to sort of to, to pursue that which I didn't, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, in theory, it didn't matter. yeah, but, uh, yeah, so, so my first sort of theatrical experience was with, was with those Edgar Allan Poe shows, and they really, and I think in terms of scary plays, like, that's the part, you know, you, you have such a trouble sometimes, I think, as an actor connecting with the audience, but if you have fear involved, it makes it a little bit easier to sort of make that intimate connection, you know, because you're all, because the audience is going through something together, um, mm. So I think that's the the fun of a scary show. You know? I can't wait to hear the gasps, and I hope we terrify people. But it's mm. interesting since you said that about Edgar Allan Poe, because meanwhile in seventh grade when we did our Edgar Allan Poe uh, part of English, I was excused from the whole unit because I was too scared, <laughs> and so I got to read <laughs> C.S. Lewis in the library while we studied Edgar Allan Poe because he was Aww. too scary for me. That's sweet. <laughs> Good for you. I love that idea too. I I, I only do comedies, and so. Oh, yeah, the idea of... Uh, you do comedy? Really? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize that. That, make, that makes a lot of sense now. Everything. <laughs> it's Tim doing improv, everybody. <laughs> I was excited about the, the idea that you would both do this. What, what does that mean for you to be able to do this together? You know, I think what's interesting about this show is how intimate it is. That it really is, uh, even though there's a third character, it really mm-hmm. is just her and I interacting a lot. And um, that is so exciting to me, particularly when you know you're, you're up against an actor who is going to give you everything they have, right? So um, when you do larger shows, you're, you're, you're bouncing off a bunch of people. But like to be able to focus on Becca, even when we did Wait Until Dark, I mean, there were other actors and there's mm-hmm. five or six, seven characters, but... This one's really us. So, you know, as we get back into the rehearsal process, uh, that's the exciting part is just seeing where we can go uh, and with someone who I like and who I know will, will you know, will be there for me. Same. I think mm. that we got to start a l- couple steps ahead of where you would be able to start if you were cast with a stranger just because we already have the trust in place. And you need to have a certain amount of trust in place to, spoiler alert, but sledgehammer someone's <laughs> legs. Like they have to trust that you're not going to actually cripple them. And, you know, like there, there it mm-hmm. requires a certain amount of trust that we already had established. And um, to be honest, during Wait Until Dark, there were times when I during rehearsal, never, thankfully never during a performance, (laughs) but there were times during rehearsal where I was so scared that I would step out and be like, Tim, I'm sorry, I need you to be Tim for a second. I need you to come here. I need you to give me a hug. And he's like, okay, okay. And would like step out of character and come, you know, give me a hug because I needed that because it got scary at times. Can you imagine if I did that during a show? (laughs) (laughs) While he's tied to the bed. (laughs) It's interesting that, uh, to, to do this show after the last one we did together was wait until dark because it really is the roles are flipped. I mean, my my role in misery is really to react most of the time to mm-hmm. to Becca and uh, wait until dark. It was obviously the opposite, and so you know you need someone at least me because I'm not a great actor. <laughs> I need someone to actually <laughs> give me something uh, that's potentially potentially frightening or confusing or you know offbeat uh, because it makes it easier to do to react. So. Um, it's been fun to experience the other side of that because I was giving that to Becca and wait until dark uh, as much as I could, although she was blind. So (laughs) she was pretending to, to, to react and see me. 
So I guess the big question is, can I convincingly be scary? <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I and I like that the whole idea of like because what is scary about the character is it's uh, it's very sweet and kind and all of that, and then it just kind of ratchets up slowly until it turns. Mm-hmm. So you're playing parts that pretty famously were in a film by some pretty big actors who got acclaim for their roles in the film. Does that, that play into it at all for you? Or You said you aren't, you aren't going to watch it until after we do the show, right? No, I, I've seen it. I think I watched it last, again, in October. I, I don't really, that doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sometimes even like watching um, YouTube performances only because... I'm always interested how people interpret lines and to decide if I if I like you know what I'm doing or what other people are doing. So I don't mind doing that. But um, I think what's exciting for me, forgetting the movie, is that this play hasn't really been seen in this area that often. I know someone, a regional theater, did it uh, in another county, but for the most part, it hasn't been here. And you know, for doing regional theater, community theater, oftentimes you're doing roles that people have seen a lot, and uh, that's what mm. I was excited about, is that, you know, Beck and I get to, to do it, and, and uh, in terms of Charlotte, I'm sure other theaters will do it over the years, but but we'll be the first, and that's super exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we're not going to be able to recreate the movie experience. I mean, it's a completely different thing, and so, uh, and I, you know, I don't think either one of us... Uh, look or act like our roles, uh, the characters. So I don't think we're going to have that problem. Um, and, uh, you hope that people don't come into it with an idea that they're going to see the movie on stage because, you know, we're, we're not doing those two actors. We're doing the two characters. And it is actually, I mean, it is a different script. Both the screenplay, uh, um, adaptation and the play adaptation were done by William Goldman who did Princess Bride. Um, but they're, they're different. It's not, they're, there's yeah. a lot of well, this divergent is a musical, material. Right? This yeah. is this a musical. musical yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with everything. I am your biggest fan. <laughs> I am your biggest fan. Sledgehammer. Yeah. But yeah. we're we're also in the part of the rehearsal process where we haven't really gotten into the um, fight choreography, fight choreography, or oh. any of the effects or any of that. So we're we're both, I think, sort of excited to see how that turns out as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see how it stays because I think. It's it's not a film. It feels like it's a lot more visceral, right? Because it's right there in front of you, being creepy in front of you, and then some of the stuff that happens is like it's happening right right there. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, somebody, just a colleague, I think, ask the other day, like, "Oh, surely for the sledgehammer scene, they just get, go to blackout?" And I'm like, "No, no. That scene, yeah. you see the whole scene, both legs, all the everything. Yeah, yeah. it just keeps going." <laughs> um, oh no! Yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm excited. Wow. Um, and I will say that the 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 play, um, this version that we're doing, was done on Broadway starring Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf and was not super well received. So obviously we'll be better than them. I mean, like, obviously. You but. you lost me at Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf. Apparently he played the comedy up to such a degree yeah. that he got panned for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Laurie Metcalf. I would love to see Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. And Glynis, I, I imagine you can relate to this, but, you know, when you... When you're when you're acting uh, not for a paycheck, but just because you want to do, you love it. You know, part of the fun for me is to do different things than I've done mm-hmm. previously. And so, you know, besides the two character study, uh, there is a there's going to be special effects. There's going to be uh, a lot of physical stuff with my, with my character, uh, even uh, Becca's character. You know, she has to maneuver me around the set at times. 
so that's that's just really fun and exciting to do you know to uh i mentioned dracula earlier same thing you know like it's how often you get to drive a stake through someone's chest right so <laughs> like all those fun things you get to do that's part of why i enjoy doing this because it, it sort of plays into my imagination mm-hmm. you, i'm sure it, it sounds like you guys don't get much time off stage so um, I I, have either of you done like a two-hander or a one-person show before where it's like you the whole time? I have. Um, I did the guys for Davidson Community Players in their small Armour Street Theater. Um, mm-hmm. It was like in the like in the COVIDiest part of COVID. Um, they wanted to do a two-person play that was a tribute to the to nine eleven to for the twentieth anniversary or twenty fifth anniversary of nine eleven, and it's a. Um, it's a two-person play about a fire captain who just lost most of his team in 9-11 when the first tower fell, and he has to write all of their obituaries and is just grief-stricken and can't. And so he hires a female journalist to write all of the obituaries for him, which sounds very non-cinematic. It's better. It's more entertaining than you think that that would be It was on a musical, stage. right? It was also <laughs> a musical. Um, and, uh, yeah, and it was... Uh, um, I didn't leave stage Oof. for oh that gosh. show. And it was between the scenes was monologues out at the audience that were like heavy 9-11 monologues. And it was beautiful yeah. material and I was honored to have been asked to do it. But I definitely, like I remember not like the first or second or third performance, but like second week there, I walk out on stage, got two sentences into my opening monologue and went up completely. Ooh. And I was just like spotlit Ooh. opening scene. And I even just stopped, apologized and then started the play over because I was like, I don't know how to recover from this. Like I'm up here alone, so Tim's gonna have right to save there. me a lot. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you ever done a, a show? No, I mean, I you know I've certainly done shows where I didn't leave the stage really uh, much. Um, like but Time to Kill, right? Yeah, Time to Kill was on stage a lot. Uh, I did uh, Boeing, Boeing. Uh, you don't get to leave much. Boeing, Boeing. I do actually. There's big chunks there, but. But yeah, I mean, this is I. The, we're still trying to decide how the play is going to be uh, set up, and uh, I was pushing for me to be on stage as people are coming in, just to be in the bed, right? Um, because I just I find that idea exciting, like the idea of starting cold, you know, like yeah. laying in bed for mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, not doing the warm up you normally do, and then trying to like 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 I said earlier, like those sort of challenges are what I really am looking for these days because uh, that's that's exciting to me. So we'll see how we do it. I'm hoping that I'm just, you get, you sit down with your popcorn, you're ready to start and there's some dude just laying on the stage, uh, passed out, you know, I, that's what I'm shooting for. Yeah. I will say hello to you. <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim. Yeah, and I want Becca to come in occasionally, check on me yeah. and you know, maybe pass me notes and things well, like that. Well, I don't know. Oh, I, like I think I think they're going to have me house manage in character <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> no drinks in here. <laughs> the gentleman's wearing a cockadoodle bra. How about either of you? Have you ever done anything uh, like where you're you're just one or two people? Uh, Glennis actually directed me in Shakespeare Bridge, which is three. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's crazy. Did you do the whole thing as an aging Elvis impersonator? <laughs> I hope I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> yeah, good. I did. Uh, yeah, Glennis had to get him to me about not being off book. And I will say right now, what would I undertake to show myself my father's son in deed more than in word? Ah, I'll cut his throat in a church. And upon my blade, I'll anoint an unction so mortal that where it draws blood, no cataplasm can save this thing from its compulsion. 
That's great. Oscar. Was that Oscar. Shakespeare Oscar. or are you just uh, <laughs> having a stroke? straight Shakespeare. Gotcha. <laughs> Billy Shakespeare. He could not do that like four days before we opened. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, Kel, that's uh, uh, having a director telling you you should learn your lines yeah. is sort of like, <laughs> that's not really something to brag about. That's like sort of the, but oh, you're an improv. I wasn't guy, bragging. So, I wasn't yeah. bragging. <laughs> Do any of you know about the Improvised Shakespeare Company? Yeah, I okay. love Improvised yeah. Shakespeare. So there, oh, uh, Tim's got a surprise face on. So when I lived in New York, I went and saw them every time they came in. But they're a Chicago-based improv troupe that is all male. And um, they do full improvisational, like full-length 90-minute um, pieces in like iambic pentameter and rhyming couplets. Oh in the, and they're tiresome. so hysterical. <laughs> they're so funny. I will admit, no offense to you, I'm not the world's biggest improv fan in terms of myself. Uh, uh, do, doing improv it's not something I have an interest in I like I like people writing things down you know I like I like to think about what I want to say and have it written down for me uh, the idea of getting up and improving Shakespeare and iambic pentameter like that's <laughs> I would never in a million years do that I wouldn't do what you do uh, and you're really good at it you know there's a lot of people who, who aren't up to your level but uh, I like having things written for me <laughs> in a script <laughs> I'm not really good at sort of speaking off the cuff when it comes to that that sort of uh, thinking it's a different show altogether. I, I, I like an improv too. Uh, the audience is like watching people do a high wire act, right. right? Where like the fun of it is they could fall on their ass at any moment. Uh, and so, and so if you're even a little bit good, they're like, oh, yeah, woo. Exactly. And that's <laughs> my problem. The flip side, <laughs> like, I can't, I paid this ticket. To watch you say these lines, and the, you better entertain me, and it better be good because I know you had six weeks to get ready for this. Yeah. And so there's a just a different expectation. I will say, I will use you as an example because uh, I think you're really talented. There are people who I'm willing to pay for them to just make something up on the spot. There's other people <laughs> who I would rather they have written it down first, <laughs> memorized it, had someone else write it for them. Which am I the example? You're of? the one who who. <laughs> Who is confidently up there, and I think off the cuff can come up something super funny, right? But not everyone, that's not necessarily a skill that we all have. Uh, I think. I don't have it. Yeah. I think, yeah, I don't think either one of us are. We've been asked to improv before, and we weren't good at it. You've uh, you've done it before. I'm sure there's been a show where somebody dropped a line and you had to go back and fix it. Have you. Do you improv within. Live shows? Like, yeah, but I mean, that's within the, that's with the, just trying to get someone back on track uh, where they need to be. You know, it's not necessarily trying to entertain. I mean, I think I can be spontaneously funny. I just don't think I could be spontaneously funny in a character. Like, if I'm, you know, I mean, as long as I'm the character, then I can be <laughs> me. But uh, yeah, I don't think I could be spontaneously. I certainly couldn't, and I am a pentameter. I'm just horrifically unskilled in that area. If somebody drops a line, I go into full panic phase. It's very visible <laughs> to everyone. We're starting from the top, everybody. We're going <laughs> to the top. Yeah. I told That's Becca early on when we were acting together, I said, uh, I. I mainly just stand up there waiting to talk, basically. I'm not, you know, I'm just waiting for me to speak. And so uh, if you drop a line, my line's coming up regardless, you know, I'm going to say it. The train is on the track. Yeah, yes. why not? <laughs> That's what the script is for. That's what the script is for. Exactly. That's true. Oh, we did, um, uh, the author of the show I just did came and watched it. And uh, <laughs> so I... All the lines that I had been changing, like there's a, a oh. thing where I say a bunch of names, and so every night I was just making up a different set of names because it didn't really matter. And like that night, I had to actually look, go back and look at script, like what are the <laughs> names I'm supposed to say? What was the, the show that you just said? It's Four Old Broads. Okay, wasn't I saw the cast? It was really good. It, it was a it was a fun show. It was really good, and it's it broke records for Lee Street Theater. I'm just gonna put pull that out there. That's it's awesome. A, 
the highest grossing show that they've had. Yeah. All did thanks they, to you. Yeah. Did they come from the Elvis impersonator <laughs> or the yeah. four uh, older women? <laughs> well, they clearly came from the four old brides. Right. Nobody wanted. They're like, what's this guy doing here? <laughs> It's just a whole entire. Like, why is he? Why is he doing a Johnny Cash impression? I don't know. Ich werde es nie vergessen. Ich sah ihn zum ersten Mal. Da stand er, the man in black, die Gitarre umgehängt mit dem Sound, den jeder kennt. Dieses Bum Chicke Bum, dieser Tic Tac Sound. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the show. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, tickets are on sale now, right? They are indeed Theater Charlotte. Where are you in the process? Are you off book yet? No. <laughs> well, I think uh, we were given the advantage of rehearsing in October and then coming back. So I think there's an expectation oh, that we come in knowing our lines. Um, you wouldn't understand what that's like, Kelly, but most of us have to learn our lines. Um, so yeah, I think there's an expectation that we come in and we're running. So um, Beck and I have been running lines. I think I'm probably about... 60, 70%. Beck is probably around 85, 90. And she has way more lines than me. So <laughs> so my 65 is more like 35. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll uh, be there. I got another day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the tickets are on sale now. And the show opens first week of November. Uh, November. No, it doesn't. No. Don't listen to me. First week of March. March. Take it back from the top. <laughs> Start at the podcast, everybody. <laughs> first week of March. Yeah. Um, and it's the first, second, and third. And uh, here's hoping for a sold out run because Theater Charlotte's last two shows have sold out. Yeah. So we're we're yes. looking if you haven't been to the remodeled Theater oh, Charlotte, it's gorgeous. it is beautiful. They've they removed the ceiling basically and exposed all the beams so it looks like an old barn. It's just beautiful. Um show i can't wait to get in there well if you come sure. you know that you can see tim on stage uh doing nothing at the entrance and i'll be <laughs> greeting you with a sledgehammer in the lobby i uh do they like 15 minutes before call do they have like a sledgehammer call where you have i to go hope so i hope so too. I mean, golly sort of, i hope so i did a play Surely. once yeah i did a play once where there was a fight call mm -hmm. and it was the lamest fight possible right like it was it was yeah. it was the least harmful fight and the stage manager insisted on us getting there an hour early to do this one minute and i hated it i'm like there's you know let him hit me if he wants it's not gonna you know it's not my safety is not my i'd rather get that hour i'd rather get that 30 minutes extra of my life back than fight call but oh. this one we we're gonna need yeah, to Yeah, I'm yeah. fantastically injury prone. And uh, <laughs> so I will I will insist on an hour long fight call for this show before every show. I love it. So this is the part where we do Stephen King trivia. Oh, I just made that up. Oh. <laughs> but so you you don't have we Stephen started King. this podcast yet? <laughs> <laughs> and just five more minutes of warm up, and then we're going. Get going. Good. Zip. Good. Zap. There we go. Uh, you don't do, no Stephen King. I'm ready no? to ding in. I'll miss them all, but I'll do it with enthusiasm. Uh, so, like Green Mile. Do you do any Stephen King? I saw the movie. Saw the movie, and you were good with Green Mile, because he's had some I mean, Stand close, by Me. Close my eyes a lot. Shawshank Redemption. Or are you? Where are you on Stephen King? What's the question? Do I like Stephen King? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you love? I I. Love Stephen King. I admire him as a writer. Uh, the thing I, he wrote the best was his book on writing. Which yes, I on writing was fantastic. I will say though, except, except for Misery, obviously. Mm -hmm. That uh, my obviously my criticism and most people's criticism of Stephen King is that he's really great at setting a story up. He's really great at sort of getting the characters, and then you get to the ending, and and you know oh. falls apart. Like it part one, great. It part two, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, that's my only. 
criticism. So I actually have a Stephen King story, like about the personal Stephen King. Um, Mm -hmm. So my first job, not like party animals, clown job, but like my first full-time job (laughs) was when I worked out in Los Angeles in the film industry for CAA, for Creative Artists Agency. I was assistant to the head of the motion picture lit, and one of his clients was Stephen King. And so we were uh, constantly had on a headset and was rolling calls on a switchboard because... It was not recent that this job happened, um, but um, was it like in the movies? We had the they had the, the wire that you had to, 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 to <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it was dead. Oh, please, yeah. yes, yes, Lily <laughs> Uh, but uh, so Stephen King, who went by Steve, and I didn't know that was one of his clients and had a very specific kind of nasally voice. And he would call and be like, hey, it's Steve is Rand there. And I was like, yes, Rand is there. And so um, one time um, his personal Stephen King's home voicemail when you called and he didn't answer was, hey, this is Steve. Leave a message at the sound of the duck. Quack. <laughs> and I was like, this is the king of horror. Oh, my gosh. And then one time I was uh, at the desk during lunch break and the phone rang and um, um, I answered it and he was like, hey, it's Steve. This ran there. And I was like, no, he's at lunch. Can I take a message? And he just started singing, I'm riding in my truck. I'm riding in my truck. And he had just gotten a new truck and just wanted to tell my boss about it. And That's I was awesome. like, so I have, so I like yeah. Stephen King from stuff like that. Stephen King used to have a very famous alcohol problem. So uh, yeah. maybe, that was, yeah. maybe that was during his. No, uh, the, no this was after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool that you had a personal connection. Though. Yeah, I was just gonna say Stephen King is famously also a Freddy cat. Oh, is he? He's, yeah, like he um, up in Maine. Like if you drive by his house, he's got like his house has like all these like gargoyles and like scary things. But apparently, he like afraid of the dark and like keeps the light on when he sleep when he sleeps because of all these like scary stories and worlds he's created. It's oh like, wow! Yeah, he too good. He doesn't travel and uh like uh, he's afraid to travel and uh i think since his accident when he got hit yeah. he, he's like somewhat homebound too <laughs> don't, oh don't i love that though that. i love i mean i don't love his personal horror if he's like quivering and shaking and needing anxiety meds at night but i like knowing that he's a fraidy cat that's sweet <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right i i i haven't talked about this where are you on stephen king are you a fan i love stephen king I grew up like reading, like sneaking my dad's copy of The Stand and like scaring myself. Salem's Lot is like, is one of my favorite books. So scary. I like to be, I'd rather be scared by a book than like. Life. uh, Yeah. (laughs) A play. (laughs) No, no, no. I just like, you can put the book down. Like in, you know, you can put the book in the freezer. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I love Stephen King. As an author, I haven't read all of his stuff. It's hard. He writes like a new book every six months. Yeah. So prolific. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Kill, what about you? Well, as a 12 year old boy, uh, it's mandatory mm. you have to read Stephen King. <laughs> you have to like be into it for a certain period of time. So right. I read a bunch of stuff like around that time. And then. So what's what's some from any of y'all? What's some gateway king if you're going to try and like get a, like a scaredy cat like me into king? What's the gentlest entry read? There's a collection of his stories called Night Shift, and they're mm-hmm. short stories. Okay. So there's like there's just like little snippets of like scary worlds that you can dip into. Yeah, there's one in that one called Night Flyer, which I distinctly remember. And then again, this is from my teenage self. Uh, it's a vampire, and it's the guy in the bathroom, and he's uh, <laughs> watching this guy come in, and he's not catching a reflection, but he's peeing in the urinal. And so all he sees in the mirror is the blood-colored urine. <laughs> anyway, this is one of the things I like about Stephen King is he really like 
can get the details. Yeah, he'll <laughs> sear an image into your brain that just will never go away. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so, Glennis, do you uh, have some Stephen King trivia, or do you want to participate, or both? Um, I literally am making I, this up as me. I do not have any, but I will participate. I'm yeah, always okay. down. Right. I'm, I'm super competitive for trivia. So, okay. So let's go. <laughs> we should go down to the local one night, the Wednesday night trivia. Yeah. All right. Stephen King has a son who writes yes. graphic novels. <laughs> and the name of the son, you have to... I, <laughs> yes. His name is Joe Hill. Great. Yes. yes. There's a series called Lock and Key, which I've not read, but uh, it's super popular. Oh, I love Lock and Key. Yeah. Uh, they made it into a Netflix show. Yes. Have you watched the Netflix no, show? I haven't watched that either, but I hear it's good. <laughs> they, yeah, the graphic novels are better. That's right. So Joe Hill was the answer. Nice. His, you know, he's his whole family has like taken on the writing. His wife Tabitha King is a is a writer mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Uh, I don't know if he has any other children that write, but at least three of them do. Wow, it's like the family business. Yeah, she was a writer when they met. I think right. She, she's Possibly, written, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is the uh, vaguely recalled Stephen King facts <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody who's an actual Stephen King fan right now is just like so <laughs> right fuming. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what was? King's first published novel. Gary. Wasn't it? Yeah, yes. that's yeah. right. Oh, and I like choked on the word as it came out of my mouth. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> Actually, his story about uh, getting finding out that Gary was getting published in his book on writing yeah. is like a tear-jerking moment. It's absolutely it's beautiful. a great that's a great book. It's a really good book for I mean he was down to yeah. he was absolutely broke um, and had a pile of rejection letters and his wife had taken their sick baby to the doctor with their like last twenty dollars and um, they just didn't know how they were going to eat and he got a call from his agent saying are you sitting down and he said no and he said you might want to sit down and Stephen King did not sit down he just kind of leaned up against his door jam and his agent said we just sold Carrie for I don't know how much money but it was like $16,000 like it wasn't big but it was thousands of dollars and Stephen King just slid all the way down onto his bottom and then he scrounged through their change drawer um, while his wife was still gone and he ran to the local store with the change he had to buy like like an exciting gift or something just to celebrate and do you remember what he got he got like a hair curler right I don't remember he bought the weirdest thing at this Rite Aid because he was just like in a panic brain and came back and his wife comes back with the like crying, weeping, sick baby from the doctor and she's like, you spent our last change on a curling iron? And um, he told her, he said, are you sitting down? And he sat her down and told her and they cried together. It's a great story. And that story became the gift of the Magi. And therefore, I just won that trivia question. I will have you know, I will know no more points. But yeah, bonus points if you have a story to go with it. All right, so so far, Glennis is not on the board. The only Stephen King fan in the room is not on the board. <laughs> I'm sorry, Steve. All right, this is a softball question just for Glennis. Uh, what go. pseudonym has Stephen King used? The sound of a duck. Yeah. <laughs> his voicemail. I, I know, don't know his, I know his other pen name. Yeah. Tim it's knows. Richard Bachman. <laughs> Glennis. Yes. Yes. And he yeah, uses that. He used that for his really kind of really great. Like the, the books you want to avoid, uh, Becca, are the Richard Bachman books. Okay. Like Thinner and uh, some of those, are, they're really mm. more gross than, yeah. than the others. Did he write for, a book called Why I Was Bachman or something? I don't know. Any good question. Vaguely remembered. <laughs> that would be a good trivia question. Can, can for bonus points, I share a story about Thinner? Please. Yes. I like un. 
I didn't think about it, but there was a like six month period of time where I temped at the same place where my mom worked. And she was like, let's get a book on tape. And we were like, yeah, for the commute. And so we listened to the audiobook of Thinner. And it was just so awful to listen to that book with my mom because it was like so much like weird body stuff. And there was like sex scenes. And I was like, please help me. And I thought it was Stephen King. I didn't know it was his. What's the what's the name? Richard Richard Bachman. Bachman. Yeah. Richard Bachman. I should have known. <laughs> All right, final question worth uh, 500 points. Uh, what Stephen King outbreak is compared to the COVID-19 pandemic? Well, that would be the, yes. Do you want to answer this? It's, uh, we can do the volleyball thing. Yeah. It's the disease in the stand, which is called? Captain Trips. Is that what it's called or not? Yeah. Yeah? I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the disease in the stand? Super flu. Oh, well, come on. No, Captain Trips Captain is better. Trips. I think it's I think uh, it's colloquially called Captain Trips. Oh, I'm sorry, you're yeah. right. In this day, an extremely contagious and lethal strain of influenza is developed as a biological weapon. This virus, dubbed the super flu, and Captain Trips by journalists triggers a global okay. pandemic of apocalyptic proportions. We should get extra credit because we knew the yeah, yeah. we knew the. 500 hey. points to both y'all and I get two. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. But you had an actual Stephen King story, so our winner is Becca, everybody. Becca. Becca. All right. Well, thank you for uh, joining us. I can't wait to see the show. We'll be be back next week. (laughs) More Halloween discussions. Yes. I feel like we didn't talk about Halloween enough. I feel like we let you down. Well, this is the February episode. Oh, okay. It's not going to go up till October. I hope that's okay. No. <laughs> this is fitting. This is the Valentine's episode, and you're we're we're you know in a way in a a, a, a love type affair in the play. Yes, um, one sided, but doesn't still count. Very one sided and very passionate. As we close out, please make the case for why someone should go see misery. Take their Valentine's date to see misery. Mm. Look, I will say that uh, you're you're going to uh, see uh, at least one uh, performance that is great, <laughs> and uh, and another performance that is there. Uh, and so, you know, uh, I I just think live theater is the best date you can have. You know, first of all, uh, man, it makes you look classy, right? Mm-hmm. Like you show up, you, you you're taking the theater. You're already that's already a bonus point, right? And secondly, uh, you know it's going to be kind of scary. You have something to talk about afterwards. And somebody who gets scared might need comforting afterwards. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe a cuddle's in order. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. That was so creepy the way you just said that. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a cuddle's in order. (laughs) Uh, Horror thriller. That's how I hit on people, (laughs) Kale. Now you know. The the genre of this is movie, so I assume it goes for uh, plays as well. The genre of movie that is the most arousing is actually horror thriller. That's great. Uh, so so yeah, yes. that's ding ding ding. Becca is the has the right answer. <laughs> wow, good job. All right, thank you. Thank you. We did it. I don't know how we end things. Goodbye.
do line readings. <laughs> but Absolutely. I do have diabetes, so it all works. <laughs> yeah, I do have diabetes. <laughs> oh, no, well, that's that, that's. But I didn't funny. get it. I didn't get it that summer when I worked. <laughs> Thank God. It I like did, that they can help. Take something out of context, like her saying, "I do have diabetes," and all three of us just laugh in response. <laughs> <laughs> just take that sound bite out. That's going in the yeah, that's our teaser. <laughs> yeah. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. dot com.